So Leviticus chapter number one and verse number four, we'll just read one verse because we will be covering several tonight and it'll all be through Leviticus. Um, and I pray again, as I said, that this will be a, a blessing to you. Verse number four, the Bible says, and he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Let's pray. Most gracious heavenly father. Again, I ask you that you'd help me tonight. I ask that you'd be with the service. You'd bless me. Lord, help me to say everything I ought to say and, and uh, help me to, uh, not to say anything I shouldn't say. Lord, the best I know how, I yield myself to you, to be used by you, by the Spirit of God. I ask you, please, just to use me tonight. Lord, I ask that we would be a blessing uh, to your people tonight. Lord, and if someone tonight don't know you as their personal Savior, Lord, if they were to die and they don't know that they would go to heaven, Lord, we ask that you would uh, convict their heart and help them to understand their need for a Savior, Lord, for their eternal destination would be a place called hell if they do not receive your Son. So, Lord, we ask you, please, Lord, in the name of all names, we ask that you would work mightily tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, so we find here tonight just a, a few simple thoughts of our sermon series, Christ in the Old Testament. Um, and we're, as I said, we're going to be in Leviticus and, and honestly, Leviticus is one of those books. Truly, I believe that we could spend a lot of time in a lot of time just picking through there, finding so many types and, and it's absolutely incredible um, what's going on in, in the book of Leviticus and, and how the, the priests begin to get their, uh, 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 their I information, if you will, on how they're to conduct themselves, how they're to do their sacrifices, um, how they're to dress and so forth. All of that stuff begins to take place here. And, uh, and so we won't, we won't get into all of that. And, and, and there is uh, um, some part in here, it's called Levitical, what do you call Levitical law? And um, we're not gonna, again, we're not going to talk about all of that. We're just going to look at Christ in the Old Testament. Some pictures, some types, if you will. First thought tonight in verse number four is the substitution here. And in verse number four, you'd find what we, we would refer to doctrinally. Listen, I, I'm going to give you some information, but I want to apply it as well here. But it, they doctrinally, uh, 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 we would call this the substitutionary atonement. That's what Jesus Christ did. He paid for me and paid for you as my substitute because the truth of the matter is there is a death penalty on all of us. The moment we're born into this world for the wages of sin is death. There is a death penalty upon us. Romans 5. 12 tells us wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and so death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sin and the reason why that death came was because of sin sin entered in the world so we have a death sentence so somebody had to die so Jesus took that substitution and he did it for me thus being the substitutionary atonement for us but we find in verse number four if you will the actuality of the substitution the Bible says, and he shall put his hand, watch now verse number four, and he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering. You say, well, pastor, what is this? How is this substitution? You say, well, preacher, this is, or let me say, this is what's going on here, is when that priest would put his hand on that burnt offering, literally what he was doing, he was taking the sins of the people and transferring them to uh, 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 that burnt offering there. It was a transference of the sins. Now, you say, well, how does that work for Christ? Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. 
Listen to me tonight. Jesus Christ never sinned. Never at any point could he have sinned. But he became sin because of me and because of you tonight. He was my substitution. Isaiah chapter 53, we'd find a more in-depth study on that. In Isaiah chapter 53, beginning in verse number 4, the Bible says this. Now, note these things. And, and as a matter of fact, I will give you time to get over there. Because if you're in a habit of underlining some things, there might be uh, 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 something neat for you to underline or highlight or what have you there in your Bible. But in Isaiah chapter 53, we'll find this substitution taking place over and over and over again. A descriptive details of it over and over and over again isaiah 53 and verse number four the bible says this surely he hath borne note this you can underline it highlight it whatever you want to do our griefs substitution ours mine that was mine you can place your name there surely he hath borne clayton's griefs Surely he has borne your name, put it there, our griefs. Note that substitution. And carried our, mine, Clayton's sorrows. Note the substitution again. And then we find in verse number three as we continue reading. And acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Note verse number four. Surely, oh no, I apologize. I went to verse three somehow. Okay. Yet he did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Now note verse number five. But he was wounded for whose? Ours, mine, Clayton's transgressions. You can underline and highlight that again. See the substitution taking place. Our, our. Notice this. For, or he was bruised for who? He was bruised for our, mine, Clayton's iniquities. You see the substitution there again. Over and over and over again. The chastisement of our mind again my peace was upon him my peace chastised him in order for me to have peace with god there must have been a chastisement poured out upon jesus christ my goodness we begin to understand the the, the gravity of the situation taking place here and with his stripes here it is again you can underline it highlight it whatever you want to do we are healed tonight the substitution taking place verse number six it goes on, and all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We, you can keep underlining those, have turned everyone to his own way. Because of all of that taking place, note the latter part of verse number 6, and we'll stop here in Isaiah 53. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. If my iniquity wasn't bad enough, if my sin wasn't bad enough, if my guilt and my shame wasn't bad enough, it wasn't just for Clayton Steviks, it was for every single person alive. That iniquity was laid upon him as a substitutionary atonement for you and for me tonight. He did that for me, which brings to thought the song but drops of grief could ne'er repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw. Hey, listen to me tonight. That substitutionary atonement ought to make me have humble adoration and service towards a holy God. We not only see the actuality of the substitution, but notice the acceptance in the substitution. My goodness. This is where it begins to get heavy. I didn't write down many verses 
on this tonight, on this portion of it, but I could have, and the Bible says, and it shall be, what's that word? In verse number 4, Leviticus 1, and it shall be what? Accepted to make atonement for him. It was accepted. Note this tonight, the Bible says that we were enemies of God. We were children of disobedience, the Bible says. We, pre-salvation, before December 24th, 1999, when I accepted Christ as my Savior, before that, I was an enemy of God. But in order for me to be accepted, there must have been a substitution. Because mine, hear this now, I wasn't good enough. My good works could not be accepted. So we find in the latter part of 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 21 that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. In whom? In Christ Jesus. Not in the Baptist church. Not in the baptismal waters. Not in a confessional booth. Not in speaking in tongues. But in Him is how I'm made in the righteousness of God tonight. There's no amount of righteousness that I have to offer that I can give Him. Why? Because he made the substitution. He made the substitution. There's no enduring to the end. No, he did it. As Hebrews 12, 2 tells us, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. What was the joy set before him? Well, you begin to study your Bible and you find that the joy set before him was to seek and to save that which was lost. The joy set before him, he was happy to die on the cross for me and you. Wow. That, listen tonight, he did that so we could be accepted by the Heavenly Father. Because no amount of my goodness could ever do, or do anything. Told you many times over, I'm a wretched sinner like anyone else is. I had to have my Savior substitution for me. We see not only the substitution tonight, but also we find is the simplicity. The simplicity, and I call it that. Well, let's just look and go to Leviticus chapter number 10 tonight. And again, as I've said many times tonight as we were... Uh, Starting this message, there's so much we could talk about in the book of Leviticus as types, but here's we're going to look at two fellows by the name of Nadab and Abihu, or Abihu, however you pronounce that, that's fine. And these individuals were the sons of Aaron, the lineage of the priesthood. They were worshipers supposed to be of God. Supposed to present sacrifices properly and such. And you say, well, how is it going to be simplicity? Just, just hang with me here. I'm going to explain it. Verse number one, the Bible says, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein. And put incense thereon and offered strange fire. Strange fire being fire that was not the Lord's fire. Strange fire being fire that wasn't the right kind of fire. Notice they ordered the strange, or they offered the strange fire before the Lord, <clears throat> which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord tonight. Now note this, you say, well preacher, how was their simplicity in that? Well, here's what we understand tonight, is what's strange fire? Strange fire, listen to me tonight, strange fire is false doctrine. Strange fire tonight is false worship. 
Strange fire tonight is, is a false perverted method of salvation. That's what strange fire is. They're offering something to God that wasn't meant for God. It's a worldly, uh, humanistic, uh, perverted doctrine that they offered and said it was God's. They tried to play it off and tried to pretend like they were doing the right thing. Their, hey, we, their motive might have even been right. But their method was absolutely wrong. They might have been like, well, that fire's got to be going. I've got to get it there. But that's not the right means of doing it. Note tonight the error in their simplicity. They uh, uh, tried to do things their own way. This was their fire, not God's fire. May we do it this way and think about Ephesians 2 and verse number 8 and 9 when the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, right? And if it is of works, then what are we going to do? We're going to boast about it. Right? That's why he says, not of works, lest any man should boast. Because if it is of my good works, then who, who brags about getting themselves to heaven? Everybody here tonight. We all would if it was of works. What is that? What is work salvation? It's strange fire. Work salvation is strange fire. Hey, can I go so far as to say this? Hey, don't get upset at me tonight, but the wrong kind of Bible is strange fire too, by the way. Strange fire. Why? Because it's, 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 it's strange means, it doesn't just mean weird. Strange means not for the intention of the purpose. Like, okay, illustrate it this way. My wife is peculiar to me. She's mine. As the Bible calls that word peculiar, that doesn't mean weird. Peculiar means set unto that person, apart for that person. And a strange woman would be someone that's not my wife. Right? This fire was strange fire. It was fire not intended for Christ. They could have probably used that fire for a bonfire outside the courtyard of the tabernacle. They could have used that fire for any other method, but they used it to worship God. You see what we're talking about here? We not only find tonight the error in the simplicity, but note, if you will, the exclusiveness within the simplicity. The fire, listen to me tonight, had to be divine fire. It had to be holy fire. The offerings of the Lord made by fire. It had to be offerings of the Lord made by fire. Note Numbers chapter 16, verse number 46. I won't have you turn there, but just hear me on this. The Bible says, And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar. There was a right place to get the fire. They had to get the fire from off the altar of God, if you will. They, they, but what Nadab and Abihu did, or Abihu, what they did was they offered a perverted worship of God. They offered a perverted doctrine of salvation. They offered a perverted fire before a holy God. Now, note the result of this final judgment. We see the final result of this judgment in verse number 2. What happens is the Lord God Almighty, if, you, if you're looking in your Bible, uh, Leviticus chapter number 10, verse number 2, the Lord himself reaches down and devours them with fire. The judgment of God, listen to me tonight, that's what hell is. Hell is the judgment of God on those that try to go their own way and offer their own method. 
That's what that is. It's the judgment of God. Fire indicates judgment. That's why we find the burnt offering sacrifice as a fire of judgment upon the sins of the children of Israel. Fire is judgment. That's why uh, 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 the Apostle Peter says uh, that we'll, we'll be, uh, tried by fire, right? And I know I'm not quoting that right, but, but thinking not strange, brethren, the fiery trial does try you. He calls it the fiery trial. Why? Because it's a judgment. It's a process of purification, of holiness, making us right before a holy God. But tonight, what happened with Nadab and Abihu is they offered a perverted means of worship. And their judgment is no different than the judgment today on those they try to do the same thing they try to say well you just be a good person and you'll you'll be all right you'll make your way to heaven no 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 they're going to wind up in a fiery judgment uh, uh, the, the the preacher that says well you, you yeah you ought to accept jesus but you also have to be baptized to go to heaven when you die they're going to end up in a fiery judgment Right, listen, I'm not trying to be unkind, I'm not trying to be mean tonight, but it is simply one method, and that's Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone tonight. The exclusiveness in the simplicity is Christ. Meet people when we're out knocking doors and soul winning and different things, sit down in their living room, talk to them about their salvation, and they just look at me and say, I've had them say it, not every time, but sometimes, preacher, it can't be that simple, can it? Yeah, it's that simple. Christ. And then many of them are flabbergasted when I tell them that my church can't save them. They look at me, they'll typically, they'll typically give me one of these looks like. Because what's the normal means of all of that is you've got to be in their church to be saved. And I've heard people over and over again say things like, well, I'm trying real hard, preacher. I mean, I go to church, you know, most of the time. I've been baptized I hear it. I hear it. Y'all, y'all probably heard it before yourselves. People try to con- what are they doing? They're offering strange fire to God. Why? Listen, we've we got to understand tonight that, 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 that the psalmist David, he wrote that, that man in his best state is altogether vanity. The best I have to offer is vanity. I, I preached a, t- a sermon entitled to a teenager one time, God doesn't want your best. He don't. He, why? Because my best is vanity. He wants Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's what he wants, right? The salvation which he worked into you, you're supposed to work out of you. That's what, that's what he wants. That's why uh, uh, the, uh, the prophet writes that, uh, was it, Jeremiah? Yeah, it was Jeremiah that writes that uh, all my righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Right, so my goodness, if I offer it to God as a means of salvation, as a means of transportation to heaven, listen, if I offer that, I'm offering strange fire to God and God rejects that. And I wind up in a place called hell. Now note tonight that salvation's in Jesus Christ. And may I say this too, because I want to be ever so clear on that. I, I, I'm not talking about losing your salvation either, by the way. So if someone's been born again and they're eternally saved, if they fall into a perverted doctrine, uh, um, God will take them home to glory. But, but the fact is, is they're just living a, a false life. We notice substitution and simplicity, but notice number three is the salvation here. And I could have said many other things here, and all of them could have been about salvation. They've all been about salvation. But what is not Christ about but salvation? Leviticus chapter 17, and this is the final verse that we'll look at tonight, but Leviticus chapter 17. By the way, the Bible had it right before science ever could figure it out. The Bible says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Y'all remember back in history class when you learned about uh, bloodletting? 
And when they would uh, uh, put leeches on people to suck the blood out of them, or they'd cut them and drain them of their blood because they thought the blood was in their impurity, so they had to drain them out. Y'all remember that from high school? All they would have had to do is read their Bible and know that the life of the flesh is in the blood. I've got to have blood in my flesh or my, my flesh will die. Right? All they had to do, God knew a long time before science ever figured it out. Sorry, that was just a free little tidbit. Got nothing to do with the message tonight. I thought I'd throw it in there. We won't even pass it. Well, we might actually pass it off. No, All right. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For your souls. See that? For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Note what makes the atonement. It's the blood. The blood had to be applied. The blood, listen, it goes all the way farther back than even the Passover. It goes farther back than than Abraham up on Mount Moriah. It went, it goes all the way back to the fall of man. The blood had to be applied. Remember Adam and Eve when they made their, 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 their fig leaves or aprons of fig leaves? Their, their man's work salvation and there had to be the death of the animal for the blood to be shed so they could cover them with camel skins. We understand what I'm talking about tonight. There always had to be blood. You understand tonight that Jesus Christ had to shed his blood on Calvary for you and for me tonight. We know in Romans chapter number 5, verse number 11, the Bible says this. And, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. The atonement is defined in Webster's 1828 dictionary as a reconciliation. A reconciliation after enmity or controversy. Because I had a controversy with God. My sin offended God and the only way for that to be atoned was Jesus Christ had to shed his blood for you and for me tonight Hebrews chapter number 9 verse number 22 says this and almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission the doing away of my sin was by the blood of Jesus Christ. We had to have the blood of Christ. The apostle Peter says this in 1 Peter 1 and verse number 19. The precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. If you were to take time and go through the Bible, you'd find Genesis chapter number 3 and verse number 21. And you trace the Bible all the way to Revelation chapter number 12 and verse number 11. You'll find the blood of the Lord through all the pages if you will you want to call that the real trail of blood all the way through the scriptures because it had to be his blood now note tonight just kind of give you a little informational factoid if you will from the word of god when the blood atonement was applied in leviticus chapter number 17 verse number 11 that the sins were covered hang with me they were covered by the blood. But now, the blood of the Lamb, uh, slain from the foundation of the world, as the Bible says, Jesus Christ, His blood doesn't just cover my sins, it takes away my sins. That's why the supernatural, hear this now, this is uh, pre-New Testament, there was no supernatural indwelling of the Spirit of God because there was no regeneration of the Spirit. 
So uh, that regeneration is a regening of the genetic code, if you will, the supernatural regening of us. We become of the genetic code of, don't miss it now, don't get upset at me tonight, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, we become of my daddy, the heavenly father, by regeneration. And it had to happen by one means and one means only was the blood of Jesus. Why? Because your blood and my blood, don't miss it, is no good. I have my daddy's blood. And I'm not talking about my heavenly father. I'm talking about my dad's blood. You have your dad's blood. I had to have a supernatural transfusion of the Holy Ghost of God. Give me the transfusion, if you will, of Jesus Christ's blood. That's why the Bible says the flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because my flesh and blood cannot be a part of that. Therefore, I have to have a, what the Bible calls, the new birth. Right? When, when Nicodemus came to, came to Jesus Christ by night. Born again? What do you mean? That's what he's talking about. We had to be born again because the old birth doesn't cut it. I had to have a, a new creature inhabit me, if you will. So at that point, I'm sorry, I'm trailing off a little bit, but that's all right. I'm going to give you something a little bit here. So this is what takes place. I don't have time to get into all, to, all of it, but Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and even dividing asunder of soul and spirit, right? Now, hang with me on this. What happens is that salvation, that salvation, literally, you know, the soul, he says, blood atonement for the soul. For the soul, because the flesh does not go to heaven. For the soul. So what happens is, is at the moment of salvation, literally, the word of God, God Christ himself, uh, uh, divides my soul from my flesh and joins it to now a living spirit, because he who would dead in trespasses and sin, he has quickened my, the spirit that dwells in me, quickened my spirit. You say, what does that mean? It made my spirit alive. Pre-salvation, my spirit was dead so my soul was has to be joined to something my soul was joined to my flesh pre-salvation and then after salvation my soul becomes joined to my spirit you say preacher you're preaching and you got some crazy thoughts that's okay i got bible to back it up all right if you want to you want to talk to me about it later after church that'll be all right and i'll show you from the bible but note tonight as we close the message all of that was said to say this. Christ is my all in all. He's my everything. And he must be our everything. Understand tonight, Christian, if we try to follow any other means, it, 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 we're going to end up in a messed up situation. It has to be fully on him. And may I say this, he wants everything on him. Cast your cares upon him for he careth for you. He wants that. We've seen the substitutionary atonement, the simplicity and the salvation tonight. Listen, if you're not a born again person, if you can't, listen, I'm not saying you've got to know the exact time and date and all that. Uh, 10.59, I don't, you, uh, listen, if you understand the fact that you know that there was a point in your life where you trusted Christ as your Savior, praise God. But if you don't know that tonight, 
Let's make that settled tonight. Don't leave this place without knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And maybe tonight, Christian, maybe it's this for you tonight. Maybe it's just one of those t times where you just take a moment and thank Him for what He's done for you. Not just saving your soul, but everything He endured for us tonight when He went to the cross for you and for me. Let's pray tonight. Most gracious Heavenly Father, again, we... Thank you for your, your precious book. Thank you for your, your glorious, glorious testimony of your death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, we thank you for the, the types all through the scriptures. Uh, uh, we would find Christ about every page of the Bible, and we thank you for that. Lord, I ask that you'd help me be wise as we, as we do continue our study of Christ in the Old Testament, that I, I wouldn't um, labor more than I should, but I would constantly just give you the glory on every matter that I find anyway. And, uh, but God, I do ask tonight, if someone under the sound of my voice, if they were to die and they don't know heaven would be their home, God, I do ask, please, you convict their hearts right now. Lord, I don't care if they're a member of this church or not. If they've never truly been born again, God, I ask that you convict their hearts right now. And Lord, I do ask for us Christians, maybe this would help us to reevaluate re our relationship with you. And Lord, and as such, Lord, and not only we would do that, but we would uh, make humble adoration towards you. Please, God, we beg of you for that.